Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, April 19th. We are one day away from 420. And today is National Banana Day. Shout out Golden State Banana. It's also National North Dakota Day, National Garlic Day for everyone that lives in Gilroy. It's also National Amaretto Day for all you little fancy little sippers. And it's National Hanging Out Day. And this regards in regards to laundry not all you little stoners that all you do is sit around and hang out. It's also National Oklahoma City Bombing Commemoration Day, so we do want to make sure that we close the show in memory of everyone that was affected by that horrible tragedy. But thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can find out where we live on the Internet right there in that fancy little QR code right there in your top-hand corner of your screen. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. If you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a story on the if you have a comment on the story most recently presented. I see that giggle, Mandy. Um, but nonetheless, we are going to start it off today with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamit. When Rico's not doing meetings early in the morning, you can find him probably changing diapers or maybe even singing. A wake-up song. That's right. My mom used to sing wake-up songs. It used to sound like, get up, get up, get up, get up. But nonetheless, I wonder what Rico, how Rico wakes up his daughter. Something similar, I imagine. Because kids do it nowadays. But nonetheless, it is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, Jason. And um, my question to you is, um, in honor of Banana Day, what is the proper way for a man to eat a banana on camera these days? Oh, geez. I'm you should not... give it a try. Let's see what it looks like. What you got to do with a knife, man? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go into something like a banana hammock or something, but instead you went, you went for the full. We, 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 we can go there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty secure in my shit. You know what I'm saying? No, sorry. <laughs> Bad words. But anyways, so my, <laughs> you got something on top of that? You got it, bro. It's all you. Okay. All right. So with my story, I actually do want to begin with a potential trigger warning as it does contain graphic content. <clears throat> All right. So Calvin Lamar Ackles, he was a parolee who made a few mistakes in life, but determined to get things back on track. Unable to get a decent job to pay bills or feed his family or find a place to live that had let him sign a lease with his background 
He ended up working as a security guard at an illegal dispensary outside of San Diego that, grant, that granted him permission to live on site in exchange for 24-hour facility protection. It's a risky job to take for several reasons, but um, he didn't really have any other choices um, at the time. He became trusted and respected by the dispensary staff and, pat- and patrons alike after some time and began to think he might just have made the right decision. Then the pandemic hit. The date was March 26, 2020. The dispensary Ackles was working and living at had closed early due to statewide lockdowns put in place that day um, and sure to put an unwanted spotlight on their illegal business. 31-year-old Francisco Cruz pulled up to the shop in his custom old-school drop-top coupe to grab some wax for a dab sesh to ease his own nerves from the, uh, from the pandemic. And a surveillance video that evening showed Ackles approach and speak to Cruz while the latter was still behind the wheel in the parking lot, telling him they had no wax and that he had to leave the premises. The two argued a bit before Cruz got out the car, headed to his trunk, and began pulling out a steering wheel lock he'd regularly used to secure his convertible. The prosecutor said Cruz, who was right-handed, grabbed the wheel lock with his left hand, and um, he had barely gotten it out of the trunk and was not raising it or swinging it when Ackles went for his gun. Ackles fired his three fifty-seven caliber handgun at close range, hitting Cruz once in the chest and eight more times in the back, and some shots were even fired while the victim was on the ground. Cruz died at the scene. Ackles, a parolee and felon, barred from having a gun, fled the scene before being found and arrested a few days later in a San Diego motel. A now 43-year-old Ackles was sentenced yesterday to 50 years to life in prison. A Vista Superior Court jury found guilty in January of first-degree murder and in an allegation he'd used a gun in the death of Cruz, rejected the, and they rejected the argument that he was acting in self-defense. Deputy District Attorney Mike Still said that there was a lot of things he could have done besides shooting him nine times before adding that Cruz's girl, uh, longtime girlfriend testified that he'd probably grabbed the steering wheel lock to secure his ragtop convertible, as he always did, with a plan to walk to one of the neighboring dispensaries in the area uh, to see if he could buy wax cartridges elsewhere. The story sat on so many levels, and I can't help but feel bad, uh, first for Cruz's family um, to, to having to deal with that, but also for Ackles. What was he supposed to do in this situation? Uh, the lack of coherent strategy from the U.S. government to deal with COVID-19 put the entire country on edge. A lack of top-down informational transparency led to nerves at an all-time high. Uh, and conspiracy theories as well, spreading like crazy. Um, about what was going on behind the scenes. We won't get into that. Um, but uh, many people who previously lived in abundance were panicking about how they'd be able to put food on their own tables and keep the lights on in the days, weeks, and months ahead. To give an idea of where we were at the time, these were the top 10 U- U.S. news headlines for that day, March 26, 2020. U.S. coronavirus cases surpassed 75,000 with over 1,000 deaths. Senate unanimously passed the $2 trillion corona relief package that day. Uh, New York City reports more than 21,000 confirmed cases being epicenter of the outbreak. Trump signs Defense Production Act to boost uh, production of medical supplies. Jobless claims surged to 3.28 million, shattering previous record amid coronavirus crisis. California issues a statewide stay-at-home order to curb the spread of coronavirus. 
those are the top seven. It was a dark time. And even worse, if y'all remember, there was a slew of coordinated attacks on dispensaries, legal and illegal, with security guards trading fire with would-be burglars and cops were often just letting it happen. Two men lost their lives that evening. One's no longer breathing, and another will most likely be behind bars for the rest of his life. Was the jury right to, with the 50-to-life sentence? Would the self-defense plea would, would have been seen differently if it happened at a legal dispensary? I'm interested in hearing everybody else's thoughts on this tragic event and if there's anything at all positive we can pull out of it. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. What do y'all think? I don't know if there's anything positive. Like, you bring up a good question. Would this matter if it was at a legal shop over an illegal shop? At the end of the day, where things were at that point in time, and depending on where it was, maybe at an illegal shop, somebody would have broken it up sooner. I mean, but eight shots to his back, like that is just yeah. overly, like overly. To the top. Yeah, it is excessive. So um, it's just really unfortunate in how the it, it all panned out. And, and again, I agree with you, you know, just the, how horrible it is for, for Cruz's family on how this all went down. Yeah. Absolutely devastating. And, you know, one of the things that repeatedly comes to my mind is, you know, ever since COVID, like looking back at the way that it's had a massive impact on mental health for individuals in our country, um, people who would claim that they feel normal, you know, air quotes, normal, uh, on a day-to-day basis, definitely have displayed or shared, you know, feeling symptoms of anxiety, depression, um, and just an overall dissatisfaction with life in general. I think that people have really um, bottomed out in a way that no one could have ever possibly wrapped their head around or foreseen happening, right? But when you lock an entire nation up in their houses for two years yep. and you suddenly forget how to really utilize the important social skills you've developed, um, and you get resentful and fearful of your government that you're supposed to feel cared for by. It's uh, just a big, fat ball of garbage. Yeah, like on that day, that was the day that Gavin Newsom like shut down the entire state. Yeah. And and, and we were given no good information. And like everybody, conspiracy theories were going crazy at the time. What really was going on? Like I, I'm not ever going to make an excuse uh, for any anything that happened on that day with with, with this man. Um, it's, it's it's very 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 sad that this dude lost his life, regardless of uh, what how it was seen. But I'm just like trying to put I'm trying to empathize, man, and, and put myself in that situation, and just like knowing like if I'm arguing with this cat, I'm security, and you know he's he's, he's wilding at me, and he's going for the trunk, like. I can't imagine how I would have reacted in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's this thing called talking, dialoguing. I, mean, I know, but I'm just saying with everything that's going on, everything else that was going on, like it can cloud your judgment, it can cloud, like, we have no idea. Like, and people automatically feel like they're on the defensive. You know, right. Right. A lot of people forgot how to talk to one another that's ever since true. COVID. Basic right. communication. Agreed. Yeah. Basic everyday communication. It's something so simple as I've noticed the last couple of months, I'll be standing at the grocery store, for example, looking at something on the aisle and someone will literally just stand behind me for 
minutes instead of saying, excuse me, may I please jump in front of you or can I grab something? Hate that shit. <laughs> probably pickpockets like, up where you live. I have eyes in the back of my head and I know they're back there. They're probably pickpockets, Mandy. They're trying to figure out how to get in your purse. Listen, give me a, a good little booty grab while you're out there, then. It's sad on, on, on so many levels. This whole, this whole damn story is just sad on so many levels. Um, but yeah, like I'm just trying to like trying to pull some some kind of even if it's not something positive, maybe it's like something we could learn like from this. Like Jason, if this was a legal dispensary, like if you saw this go down on your CCTV uh, at one of your shops, and um, I, I I have a couple questions first. Yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. Was was this a licensed security guard that did this, or no. was this just someone no. in a guard uniform no. and was strapped? Yeah, he was strapped. He was a dude so, down. Uh, yeah, he's a dude down. That's Is probably he, one of the reasons that he got 20 years. That's okay. what I was asking. On yeah, top happened differently. Because, because for one, it's not a if you're if you're a trained security guard, number one thing um, as a trained security guard, your job is to observe and report. It is not to all of a sudden just start busting caps because you have a gun on the side of your hip. Right. Um, and that, like like with West Hollywood, West Hollywood does not allow any of, of its security guards and dispensaries to be armed. There are a lot of other municipalities that do allow for that. Do they, have ta- do they have tasers or, or, or pepper spray? There's no guns. They can oh. have some pepper spray. They have like a little stick thing. A little baton? Yeah, baton. but at the same time, uh, uh, you, you don't want them to actually use that because that could create a, a state a state liable. And so you don't necessarily want them to use that at, at the same time either. Their job is to observe and report It's not and, and to be a deterrent not to actually get in the way or actually do anything physically. They are not the police. They are not going to save your ass. They are just there to observe and report as the impartial uh, person. Big snitches. Just is what it is. And this guy took the law into his hands, um, yeah. literally. And, and, and so that's why he, that's, I'm sure that's why he got the 20 years on top of the fact that there was 50. eight shots in his back. Yeah, he, got, he got 50. That's a lot, bro. Yeah, that's yeah he got 50 to life. Like some, that's so, like some stuff you, you see like uh, you see like in San Francisco Police Department. You guys. Who, uh, I, I, know, I know. That's what I said. I'm not making any excuses for him. Like, at what so, like whatsoever. Like he was. I feel like he was wrong. Like. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I just. This yeah. Is- eight to the eight to the back, and uh, several of them were while he was already like on the ground, like like not moving. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I imagine like I, I can Super see two, two, two to get him down. You know what I'm saying? But like anything after that is just like overkill, literally. Yeah, no, no pen intended. Not <laughs> no pen intended there at all. Yeah, you're trying this, to kill them. This is a yeah. super super sad story, yeah, but um, yeah, man, we're we're gonna go to a commercial. We're Whew, gonna be uh, that was a right, heavy right one back. Though. Yes. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon? iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. He is the self-proclaimed highest Republican. The longest continuously operating retailer in the game. West Hollywood's president of cannabis tourism and a firm ardent supporter of former presidents that might soon be locked up but um coming to the stage next what's that former and future at the same time 
I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come to the stage. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone is having an amazing day today. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're almost there. But I'll tell you what. You know what? You know who's probably not going to have a good fortune? The people at Rise Dispensaries. Because the Teamsters plan to strike at three Rise Cannabis stores on the eve of 420 pot festivities. That's right. The Teamsters plan to strike at three marijuana retail shops in the Chicago region on the eve of April 20th or 420, an informal holiday for cannabis consumers. Local 777, and no, that's not a slot machine, announced on Tuesday that more than 100 workers intend to go on open-ended strike at 4.20 p.m. Wednesday at three Rise dispensaries, one in Niles and two in Joliet. The strike is to protest what union spokesperson Matthew McQuaid says was an unfair labor practice when management told workers to take to take off Teamsters buttons during bargaining. In a quote, we are far apart on wages and retirement, McQuaid said. McQuaid, I, I feel like that's a perfect name for this guy from the Teamsters. <laughs> but nonetheless, the Teamsters represent workers at at least 17 dispensaries operated by various companies in Illinois. Workers at the Rise Dispensaries, prim primarily inventory workers and bud tenders, voted to unionize last year and have been negotiating for their first contract. Rise Dispensary operates 10 stores in Illinois, and its parent company, Green Thumb Industries Incorporated, is a national cannabis company based in Chicago with 18 manufacturing sites and 77 retail shops in at least 14 states and 3,800 employees. It reported $259 million in revenue in the fourth quarter of 2022, a 6% increase year over year. GTI issued the following statement. Green Thumb respects the rights of our employees, including the fundamental right to organize and take take protected, concentrated or concerted activity during negotiations. We made a fair offer to the union and will continue to work toward labor peace. During this time, we have made accommodations to continue our, our store uh, operations to ensure our patients and customers can access the products they rely on for their well-being. Well, 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 sounds like there's going to be a picket line on 420 and a lot of customers may actually think that people are in line when they're just protesting. And I wonder how many scabs are going to cross the line and work that day on 420 because, you know, they're going to make sure that people are still getting their weed. That's right. This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. What do y'all have to say about this unionized strike on 420? Sounds political to me. It's definitely political, and I mean, that's a serious hater strategy <laughs> going right there from the union. It's Chicago, Teamster Town. That's it's, 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 that's that is a uh, union yeah. city. That's like, I'll and, tell you what's uh, up. Right? They they run that shit. Uh, them and what about the guy McQuaid? What about his name, McQuaid? <laughs> the Irish guy from the South Side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think you could write this. <laughs> He probably comes from a uh, from a whole family of union teamsters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and they're going to strike on four twenty. To me, that's just disingenuous. My dad was a union rep. That's, and they they want more money, but yet they're going to go and strike on the day that brings in more money than any other day in revenue. 
It's a power play. Yeah, it's I'll tell you what, I'd fire all of them. <laughs> it's they're, they're playing. They're, they're, it's it's a, it's a uh, chicken tactic. Yeah. I'd so they. Their demands right now, or you guys are going to lose millions of dollars right now. I'd fire like them all. Automatic uh, cashiering at dispensaries seems eminent. Yeah, with I'd, these sorts I'd, I'd of be things. like, I'll tell you what, you guys, you guys, I want to do this. Cool. No problem. I'll give you all the time in the world. Enjoy your 420. Peace out. New employee coming in <laughs> next day. And then, and then you get you get labeled a, a union buster, and they're picketing outside your place. People, I mean, the, the, the reality, the reality is their their energy on that it will fade off and drop away eventually because people still have to pay rent because COVID's over and whatnot. So basically, they're only going to be able to to stand out there for so long. I'll give them about two weeks of protesting, and then they'll have to go find the Chicago. The Chicago, um, the the teachers union protest uh, lasted like I think it was like a month and a half, almost two months. Teachers union, you know, way more power than cannabis unions, bro. Dude, this is Chicago. It's a different beast, I promise you. Like, I lived there 12 years, bro. Like, it's very, very different there. And so uh, um, it could last. Who knows how long it could last, and these businesses you know, are going to suffer. You know what? They would all be uh, hearing. They'd all be hearing this. You're fired. That's what they'll be hearing right there. And then what happens when you have to replace all those staff and you have to start all over? They have indeed. Is, is, yeah, it's, it's going to lead to a lot of other problems, and like, I don't know the right answer to this, but it's it's the way the rest of the the, the country is um, is treating unions uh, right now is um, it's, it's very weird. It's a very weird time. We're seeing a resurgence in unions in places that they haven't been in um, in decades, and then you see um, um, folks that are just all out against them so i don't know where we're if we're gonna find a happy medium there or what but um it's interesting to see what's going on i'm not i wonder if all these all these old employees if they're gonna be standing out there picketing and they're gonna have like empty weed containers that they're just gonna throw at all the scabs that walk across (laughs) 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 then they're gonna get attacked by the uh like garbage union (laughs) 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 they run across the porta potties and they all throw beers at them it's gonna be kind of like that Uh, weed bottle uh, they do do that Lollapalooza they do that at, um, at Coachella too Oh man, I, was, I don't know if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It'd, it'd be great content, put it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with the, the it, it, I mean, it all goes back to capitalism, man. Uh, unions have a place because, uh, to check capitalism, and um, you're seeing it happening right here, and it's happening more and more in the cannabis industry. So what's right? What's wrong? Oh, you as a dispensary owner, you know, is, is your staff unionized? Are they going to be unionized? You're fired. <laughs> That's how you feel about how it. How I feel about it, a hundred percent. Yep, yep, yep. Shutting down for the day. Yeah, exactly. On four twenty though. Four twenty, like That's power. At my store that day, <laughs> I'm like, no weed for you. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I'm removing every single employee discount. All of that. You're all done. Yep. <laughs> Price. over with yeah it'd be like um it'd be like you know and jerry springer you know the soup guy no soup for you that's exactly no yeah exactly. yeah the, the soup guy good 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 one jason <laughs> <laughs> like are we, are we past the first half of the show yet? Uh, we're, gonna go, uh, we're gonna go right into on adelia carrillo adelia is the cmo of event high where you can get all of your tickets to all of your favorite cannabis events across the country 
That's right. What do you have today, Adelia Carrillo? <laughs> Thank you, Jason. So today's article, British Columbians can get cannabis delivered on Uber Eats um, starting today, starting yesterday, actually. So Uber Eats has partnered with Leafly and local vendors to launch a cannabis delivery service in Metro Vancouver with, and Victoria this week. Uh, the delivery service, which begins operation on April 18th, is an extension of Uber Eats, which aims to provide delivery service for anything, anywhere. The partnership is part of an ongoing initiative to meet customer demand as cannabis delivery services are already available in Metro Vancouver through dispensaries and the BC Cannabis Store's website. Um, the Uber Eats delivery service is only available within the customer's delivery range, and the customer must verify their age on the virtual storefront and in person upon delivery. Uh, the delivery of cannabis will also be conducted only by employees of the partnering cannabis retailers to ensure safety and sobriety, um, which is interesting they notate. And then it says, currently there are partner stores in Vancouver, North Vancouver, New Westminster, and Victoria. Now, partnering cannabis retailer Aaron Synthamber of ARC Cannabis expressed enthusiasm for this partnership and anticipates faster delivery times with Uber Eats. Uh, he says that con consumers can access the delivery service by selecting the recreational cannabis category on the Uber Eats app. Now, this marks the first time Uber Eats has actually expanded its cannabis delivery service outside of Toronto. Uh, General Manager of New Verticals at Uber Eats Canada, Klaus Canaram, acknowledges Canada as the only market worldwide where Uber already delivers cannabis. And the company is grateful for the regulatory framework that allows them to do so. Um, so with that being said, this is Adelia reporting for Hyatt 9 News Hour. I would like to end with, you know, what opportunities do you all see for the cannabis industry and consumers with the launch of Uber Eats cannabis delivery service in these metro areas, besides the most obvious of having access to cannabis? I hate it. Thank you for covering that one, uh, 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 Adelia. And I would just like to say before we get any other comments and I told you, Jason, I told you Uber <laughs> was in the game and I told you they were already up and operating in Canada. And they weren't up, fixed open operating. They're just talking about right now is about to be their first day. Toronto. Not, they were already Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, it says they were, we're already running. Yeah, fool. This is a nightmare and it can never happen here in the U.S. Like it just can't. There would literally be. The unions would Delivery go crazy. Services would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unions would go crazy. All these automated jobs. Well, the unions got busted by Uber here in California. The California uh, uh, Uber and Lyft put together what was it like eleven million dollars for that campaign to to talk to talk bad about uh, about unions, and they won that ballot initiative. So I'm curious about the wins every single time. I'm curious. Corrupt state, so. I'm curious about the payout model because they're they're essentially working for the delivery company or for the, the yeah for the retailer, but they're also working for Uber Eats. So are they going to get paid by both, or how is that whole component? In California, if you're clutching a plant, you can't be a subcontractor. You have to be an employee. So it wouldn't work based on the law here in California. Um, it would be an absolute nightmare for something like this to come into fruition here in California. It would put you know, thousands of businesses literally out of business. Um, but it at, under the regulation as it stands right now in California that this couldn't happen. I mean, I just feel, I, I mean, this is just a faster way for all the Canadians to get their booth that much faster. Booth Express. Yes. 
Boof yes. train. Boof eats. Boof eats. Boof eats. Oh, that'd be a great name for a buffet, actually. Boof eats. E Uber boof. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, buffets are nasty unless you're like at the Win or at Silver Spoons in the Cosmopolitan. I wouldn't touch any buffet. Buffet. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Just saying. No buffet. Shout out to these guards. <laughs> okay, but let's really think about this. Think about if this came into fruition in the U.S., what that would look like. I mean, first of all, many states don't even offer delivery service, not even an option. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I guess it wouldn't have such a negative impact on businesses in that, from that standpoint. But like, also think about it this way. As a delivery service owner, would I take advantage of, instead of hiring more staff at my delivery service and having to pay taxes on employees, would I be more inclined to go that route if it was an option? I would be. Or, or is it or is it a loophole that they can inject themselves in? Because, yeah, is it a loophole they can inject themselves in like DoorDash and Grubhub did early in the pandemic, eventually becoming legal where a lot of uh, um, stores don't deliver and they can go pick up and deliver it? Because it's technically not delivering weed if they pick it up for you and they buy it at the store. But they're touching it and plant touching staff members. They wouldn't be touching it in that case. They would just find them online form to, to complete a uh, a transaction. There's a literal bag of product that gets trucked out of the car. No, 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 store. no, no. That's what we're saying. If they use the platform to order it and then go and pick up in store, that would be totally compliant. Right. See, there's, there's loopholes. That it, this can happen. And Uber and a lot of these uh, uh, major corporations, Amazon, they have the logistics. They have the the money uh, to back it. Like, I think this is I think this is a threat. And I think it's, it, it, it is if, if certain checks and balances aren't put in place now, we might be looking at this a year from now. I, just, I mean, in look at the loss of you know how many more claims are going to come now. You know how many people probably already do claims on how they don't get their food. Like my friend, fries, my friend fries are eating off her. <laughs> this pre-roll was half smoked when I got wow. it. Oh, How man. about people forgetting that they picked it up? <laughs> there we go. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I did. <laughs> oh yeah. This did. Was <laughs> That's gonna happen at all in Canada because in order for that to happen, you'd have to be smoking some amazing stuff, and I don't think Canada has anything like that. And in Canada, in Canada, they have opaque packaging, so they don't even know what's in there. Yeah, it all looks Surprise. the same. Surprise! Mm -hmm. She's so, like your nug. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to smell like McDonald's fries. When you <laughs> right. oh. So, well, I mean, well, another level up from that, you know, Uber is losing its luster. It's losing its appeal to a lot of investors because they still haven't turned a profit and they have all these lawsuits that they're still dealing with. So I don't even know if it'll be Uber... Um, That'll have a huge play to make like this, huge power play to make like this once they do have the balls to do it in uh, the U.S. But um, you know, I can see a major company trying to do that. I can see Amazon. Yeah, doing I was going to say, I really want to know what Jeff Bezos has to say about Absolutely. all this because you know he's probably pissed right now. <laughs> he's a dude. He's a, he's on he's 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 gearing up for his next trick, uh, his next trip into space on the penis rocket. Oh man, you know we're going to a commercial after after that one. That's <laughs> touching anything like that. <laughs> 
Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yeah, you know, it's that time. It's the middle. Oh, it's halftime. Make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. We see a lot of people in the paired thing. So make sure you come on over here to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And also, too, make sure you go over to our website, hiat9news.com. Check out the articles. Make sure you sign up for our 420 giveaway. Let us know what you're going to be doing on 420. And make sure that you also sign up for our newsletter. And just keep in mind, when you do sign up for our newsletter, you're going to have to hit a confirmation email that might end up in your spam box. So make sure that you go and check for it in your junk or your spam once you sign up. And it's not our, pro- our fault that that's happening, but we're trying to fix it. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. You got this, Rico? Mandy? You had this intro. On the sheet, it says you. I know, I know, I know, but I, it also says that you have Adelia, and I accidentally did Adelia, so my bad. <laughs> all good. Let me, let me do this one then. All right, all right, all right. Up next, we have in the studio today in Green Street, downtown Los Angeles, a NorCal base. She's not a Emerald. She's not what? Green Street. She's not a Green Street. We're at Mar-a-Lago. You guys are oh, okay. You guys are um, yeah. at the residence of uh, Individual One. <laughs> this NorCal based Emerald Cup Edibles judge has come down. Carmen Sacramento has ventured out to Mar a Lago to join Jason Beck. But she is also always on her quest to find the world's most perfect cannabis and psychedelic edible experiences. And she is a crusader for female entrepreneurship on a mission to show the world cannabis motherhood. Executive lifestyle all do go together in one great package. Y'all know who it is, Mandy Tingler. And you guys, California welcomes you. I am not at Mar-a-Lago because I want to be. I'm here because I have to be. Stop it! Stop it! Stop! I don't think anybody's there because they want to be. They're there to kiss the rings and, and want some free stuff, and they want to get a pardon. Listen, just say I she's, got kidnapped and shoved in this place. Send she's, help. She's she's here for the lobster <laughs> roll at the beach club. <laughs> There's gonna be another FBI raid soon. Listen, I'm just here to hand out hugs, and then I'm gonna go home. All right, guys, all jokes aside, we have a very unfortunate pre-420 story coming out of Springfield, Connecticut. The headline reads, nearing 420 celebration, Springfield bans public consumption of marijuana. What? 
All right. Springfield City Council unanimously approved new regulations Monday night banning the public consumption of marijuana in city limits. According to description of the proposed ordinance, the city will prohibit marijuana smoke or odor from emanating from public non-public locations into public places, as well as the consumption of marijuana in a public place or any vehicle parked in a public place. A public place includes, but is not limited to, streets and highways, sidewalks, transportation facilities, places of amusement, parks, park properties, playgrounds, parking lots, and the common areas of public and private buildings and facilities. A private location that is visible from the public, such as a balcony, is not included in the city's definition of a public place. Those who publicly consume marijuana are subject up to a $100 civil penalty, and any person may perform community service instead of paying their fine. Can you smoke weed while you're doing the community service? That's what I want to know. Uh, it would also prohibit consumption in any form of the drug by an operator of a motor vehicle and smoking marijuana by any passenger of a motor vehicle while the vehicle is being operated. The consumption of marijuana within a motor vehicle parked in a public place is also prohibited. The city also limits the amount of marijuana an individual can have in their possession to three ounces, better than California. Uh, and exempting those approved to grow marijuana in their homes. Any person 21 or old pro uh, possesses more than three ounces of the drug could face the following civil fines, up to $250 fine for an initial violation, $500 for a second violation, and up to $1,000 for a third subsequent violation. Any person may perform community service in lieu of paying their fine. The ordinance also reestablishes the consumption of marijuana is banned for those under the age of 21, exempting medical marijuana patients. Adolescents in violation of the ban are subject to fines not exceeding $100. The ordinance also prohibits the sale or transfer of marijuana or marijuana accessories to individuals under 21. Councilman Abe McGull called the regulations, quote, a good first step. I think this is a good approach that we've got. We're going to have to do some refinement down the road as we go along, he said. While voting to approve the regulations, Craig Hosmer, council member, said that they do not go far enough, pushing his colleagues to adopt a ban on open containers of marijuana. He says Recre recreational marijuana is going to be a public safety issue. It's going to be a big problem with the motoring public. The states that we have looked at have had more fatalities involving recreational marijuana. There has been more criminal conduct, and I, and so I think it's something that we've got to be careful with and make sure that we don't put any law enforcement into binds trying to enforce laws that have been foisted onto them because I think it's really going to be a problem in the future. You guys, the article goes on just a little bit further with a few more people's notes, but I don't know about you. Smoking weed outside, I mean, in nature, that's literally probably one of the best ways to consume. And I can, I can accept many of these other policies, but for God's sakes, outside, if we have to still tolerate cigarette smoke up our nose outside, weed is so much better, so much better. Anyway, I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on this. This is Mandy, forcefully here at Mar-a-Lago. Help. Forcefully here. <laughs> Help. Help. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, oh my gosh. 
I mean, the reality is, again, like, you know, looking at the bigger picture, this is going to impact, this is going to disproportionately impact those that are in marginalized communities, you know, where they don't have anywhere to consume. Um, the open container component, like that seems like it could just cause a whole nother nightmare and tension between law, like law enforcement and citizens. Like, how are they? I don't know. That just seems like a lot in, in a yeah, what if you consume at a private location and then you had some leftovers and now you're just going home and then you yeah. get stopped because, you know, someone decides to say that you smell. The open container policy kills me. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, like like at least have it like at least keep your stuff sealed in a Ziploc bag as opposed to like a normal sandwich bag. I mean, I could see a normal sandwich bag being considered an open container, but a sealed Ziploc bag. I'm not sure if I can agree that that's an open container. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that really got me was the $100 fine for anyone underneath the age of 21, because I'm thinking, damn, whose parent is going to pay that fine for their kid? I'm not. I'm not paying <laughs> that fine for my kid. How, how, many, how many lawns I got to mow <laughs> <laughs> to, cover, to cover my penance, mama? Not enough. No, oh, no, man. man. This is... Uh... Right before four what is what is public consumption though? You know what I'm saying? Like what mm -hmm. well there's a gray area to be argued, depending on how much money you can pay for uh the quality lawyer <laughs> that's gonna yeah, represent no you should you no get can be emanating from a non public location into a public place. So non public location that would this is just totally stupid. Any enforcement dollars, taxpayers should be outraged that they're trying to impede on your freedoms. I, I think, yeah, I, I think, yeah, we need we need cop inception. We need to make sure the cops are investigating each other in all the crimes that they're doing. Put our tax money. If you're going to hire these cops, make sure that they're investigating each other. Put them to work. So they ain't gonna bother us on a bunch of dumb shit like this. Do we think in a in a in an area like Springfield would this at all like hinder the growth of the cannabis industry, yes. or do you think people? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, the, the legal the legal industry. Well, yeah. The, yeah, stuff like stuff like this. We keep on trying to put the clamps on uh, this on, on the movement. The trap will thrive. Springfield, trap Mountain way. Talking about? No, right? it's Connecticut. Oh, Springfield, Connecticut. Fill, the, fill, the, uh, fill that void. Fill that vacuum, man. Yeah, I was going to say Jebediah Simpson would probably be turned over in his grave. Was, was it ever uh, determined where the actual Springfield was? Connecticut. Connecticut. This one is in Connecticut. but no, I was saying from the, from the Simpsons. Massachusetts. Oh, this is it, damn near every state has a Springfield, right? It's Springfield, Massachusetts, what yeah, they're talking about from the Simpsons. I wonder if anybody's even checking the data of where they found these reports of, you know, what, what did it say, Mandy? It said in the article that they did research where they found a lot of the reports had DUIs and they were all. Yeah, they were saying, yeah good question. They were saying that um, they were taking data from other states that had recreational uh, or adult use, you know, mm -hmm. uh, access and that they had seen a spike in motor vehicle deaths and, um, and that they were running off their beliefs and feelings and decisions off of that. Um, they were also saying something. Let's see where it was. How much do we know? How much is the fine for getting caught smoking outside? Because I, I, I'm willing to bet that like that's probably like probably worth it. 
Like I'm sure the fine is probably only like a few hundred bucks. And then you can like have the ticket so that you can post on social media. So you can think all of a sudden make all your friends think you're super thug and whatnot. Um, <laughs> so it's like the added content value. And then we can all do, what is it? Volunteer or what? What did they say? Cleanup service? What yeah, yeah, yeah. Community service. Community service. There we go. We can all do community service together. 100%. Beach cleanup. Smoke out. There we go. And it's like everybody forfeit their fine. We, all, You know what? Cannabis people care about their environment anyway. Yeah. I'd like to keep my hundred bucks and just help beautify something for a short period of time. Well, if you, I mean, unless you go and do it yourself, it's not going to, it's not going to go. It's just going to go to some uh, crazy politician work? that's just going to launder your funds. Can we be high and do the volunteer work? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I just. I'm gonna be I, I, I think I think a study needs to be done on how much volunteer and community service work the cannabis industry does, as compared to non-cannabis uh, industry, because we do a whole lot of charity work, man. Listen, maybe maybe that's an analytic. Uh, Happy Cabbage should try to figure out since they're an analytics company. Just a couple of years. Just we actually do it directly with uh, with the dispenser. We don't look at the broad stuff like that. We look at your POS data. But um, it would be great. Maybe, ago, it Maybe you should guys get a system update fine and, and add that in. Service. It's not our bag, baby. We are, we are very unique and specialized. If they are hosting an event, a community give back event on Event High, we can provide that data. Oh! I'm figuring what you're putting down. I'm not mad at all. That's actually a really good idea for people to advertise their events using using your platform. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> dig it. I can dig yeah. it. Go to our last commercial. We're gonna be right back. Let's do it. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. We have a second story. Yeah. It's the dope dad, Rico Lamy, with his second story of the day. All right. So um, my second story, uh, going along the... um, institutional prohibitionist lane (laughs) that Mandy put us on here. My second story is coming out of Kansas City, Missouri, where the local law um, says that they're going to be targeting impaired drivers on 420. That's right. Multiple law enforcement agencies in the greater Kansas City area put out a joint memo warning citizen stoners that they'll be looking for their asses tomorrow. So make sure y'all keep y'all heads on the swivel. It'll be the first 420 celebration in Kansas City since recreational consumption was legalized earlier this year for Missouri. And uh, the state police department says it and other agencies in the area will have targeted patrols out looking for impaired drivers as part of a national drive high, get a DUI campaign, which is warning folks that uh, if you feel different, you're probably going to drive different <laughs> to this terrible slogan. All right. Uh, in addition to KCPD, the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, Platt County Sheriff's Office, and Missouri Highway Patrol and other Kansas City area agencies will be on the lookout for drivers under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Captain Corey Carlisle from KCPD said in this statement, 
if you drive under the influence of marijuana and your ability to operate a, a motor vehicle is impaired, you will go to jail. And there's a big exclamation point on that statement, too. Um, a number of 420 events. So uh, this, this is the cool thing. So um, after that statement was put out and probably paid for by the police, uh, um, by the police department to uh, KSHB Kansas City, they, at the end of the article, did a great service to the people listing the number of events out there telling these people if you're at these events you probably need to be looking out for cops <laughs> they did a list of all of the events in kansas city and said that the kansas city department of transportation warns that if you are participating in any of these events you should probably be getting a sober driver <laughs> what do you think about this one jason I mean, this is another thing, just like Springfield, total waste of taxpayer funds to prosecute <laughs> freedom of Americans. This is totally, totally ridiculous. The fact that these law enforcement are putting any time into something that doesn't exist doesn't surprise me. Because, of course, why not get paid to just drive around in your car and do nothing all day? <laughs> Defund the police. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and Marjorie Taylor Green stand together. We need to get rid of bad cops. Yeah. And we need to promote much more community involvement. Defund the police. Stop. Hearing, hearing, this, hearing this article just reminds me of all the funny phrases that I do see on the freeway by these people. They're getting creative when it comes to their slogans about. Not consuming cannabis. I don't know if you've seen them, but they are just whoever's getting whoever has that job is getting paid good because it's pretty funny. Dude. Exactly. These are not brain busting uh, like slogans they're coming up with though. Just, like, no, just they're not, but they're just hilarious. I'm like, really? <laughs> Typical stoner comments. If you feel different, you're gonna drive different. <laughs> All these uh, activists don't make their signs out of hemp cardboard. Uh, you know, Steve Jobs would have, uh, he would approve of that slogan. <laughs> Back, we say, talk to us when you're using recyclable cardboard on your signs. I mean, no, not recyclable cardboard. I want it out hemp. of hemp. Yeah, hemp. Recycled hemp. American, gonna, American grown hemp. I want to see like a big made in the USA sign at the bottom of the cardboard. You know what I mean? Break, break it into cr uh, crutches, right? <laughs> However you want to do it, Rico. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. You know what I'm saying? I like whatever thoughts you want to make. I'm totally good with. Uh, yeah, I'm an environmentalist, man. This is you like, are not you, an environmentalist. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I, I take my, I take my bottles and and, and cans and, and stuff back. I looked at my Costco receipt last week, bro, and uh, I got some like water and stuff. I had no idea that they take out all of that money. Just to get you to drive your ass to the recycling center and get it back, they take that money. I was like, I was like, what is this? Like twenty dollars? Hold on, you never know what CRV stands for. Yeah. California Redemption Value, and then it also every single different state has their own C uh, RV, which is a redemption value, basically. So, and 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 I've seen it get as high as as much as I think fifteen cents. Uh, and and but you can't even you can't even recycle plastic. The whole thing is a scam. Well, I mean, just it's the same thing as charging for bags at the grocery store, too. That's all a scam, too, Rico. So, so now I got to buy more gas at, at $90 a gallon right now. Get more <laughs> gas, go to more recycling centers, and expose myself to more COVID. Like, yeah. All because of some environmental BS that doesn't work. 
exactly. I'm all into reading El Guapo's comments right now. He's over here on a good one, making a bunch of phrases for them to use. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, I want to um, I want to let uh, people know in the audience if there's a certain story that they want to see covered on a particular day, they can yeah. either email that story to tips at high at nine news.com or they can go to our website www.highat9news.com and hit the got a tip button and submit the story there if they feel so empowered that they see something on a particular day but for what uh, if you're uncircumcised that has nothing to do with it but nonetheless I'm, I'm gonna go to my last story because i i see i see where this is i see where this is going <laughs> We're not going, there. <laughs> but nonetheless, nonetheless, oh man, this is a pretty OBN, which is in Oklahoma. The seizes over 7,000 pounds of marijuana in OKC amid a black market investigation. The Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics recently seized more than 7,000 pounds of marijuana amid an investigation into a black market operation. On April 14th, Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics seized over 7,000 pounds of marijuana from a semi-trailer. They said the seizure shut down a black market marijuana warehouse distribution center in Oklahoma City as part of an ongoing investigation. Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics officials said the investigation has identified multiple farms transporting marijuana to the Oklahoma City warehouse where the product was then repackaged into, in quotes, camera equipment boxes and shipped to New York and New Jersey. They also said the people orchestrating the operation had ties to Oklahoma consulting groups. And in a quote, over the past two years, we have shut down more than 800 farms and arrested over 200 individuals as part of our agency's commitment to target and dismantle criminal organizations that have obtained a Oklahoma Bureau of Nar a Oklahoma, oh wait, excuse me, a commercial marijuana license by fraud, moved their products to the out-of-state black market or both, says Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics Director Donnie Anderson in his recent news release. Man, oh man, oh man. We told you a long time ago, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month or so ago, that there was a big crackdowns coming down with over a thousand investigations currently ongoing in Oklahoma, and this is just one of them. What do you guys think? There's so many more. <laughs> this, is just, this is just, you know, the trap will live to see another day. <laughs> but they're shipping boxes in uh, camera equipment. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's weed is extremely light. You know, right. the weight amount of weight as what should be in that box. I mean, so to me, this is just a total giveaway from people. What do you think about that? It's you <laughs> be smarter about what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you should probably like get like the my pillow guy uh boxes and then just use those. But he's already using his to to transport other illegal substances. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> not, not that it's not that smart. Not that pillow smart. colored substances. <laughs> Color. It's you know, 420. Don't, 
you know, this is seven seven thousand seven thousand pounds. Like, like, did they say the value on this? Do we have our um, our cop meter, uh, the calculator that, that that calculates what they say? The worth. Okay. Of this, this, this so they, so recently said they seized more than seven thousand pounds. So let's just call it seventy five hundred pounds. Okay, and let's just give it just for math's sake a value. It's Oklahoma, so let's just say a thousand dollars a pound. So that'd only be $75,000. <laughs> or no, that'd be 750000 Oh, man, these guys. Get your calculator off, dude. <laughs> There's a big difference between 75000 and $750,000. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the finest weed in the exactly. world already this morning. Oh uh, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that it's 7.5 million. dollars. Seven million dollar pool by congratulations, Oklahoma State Police. You got a big one. It's time to it's time to pack your bags and and ready ready the horses for 420. You got a big pool coming in tomorrow at all the cannabis festivals. They have room for anything else? They did their job for the week. Go home. They, yeah, they the bigger, plus the bigger the boost. Are they getting you a got promotion? The bad guys. That's the, the top question. <laughs> I mean, oh man, Jesse says forty five thousand three hundred and fifty seven grams. How they um. How did the picture? Did the pictures at least look good on this one? Child no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not I. I didn't see any pictures in this article whatsoever. I mean, but I mean, it's it's, it's Oklahoma, bro. It's Oklahoma. I just can't believe that they're using stereo equipment. Do do we still have uh, cops taking pictures, like like, like taking the photo ops with the with the the, the big poles? With like three bags of, of <laughs> three bags on the table and their gun. Oh they man, I don't know. I'm, maybe I can do a screen share with you guys. Let me see. Yeah, it shows the video. It literally is just boxes in a truck that are like. Certainly- they didn't open them up and show say what quality it was. Did they did they say it was an indoor or outdoor? Uh, I don't have the volume on. I just see the, the the video of it. Yeah, it just looks like big boxes that say camera on them, and they're wrapped in uh, plastic. Yeah, I say. This is a false flag operation. Tell you what. Are we playing it? Watch out for that AI. There we go. Oh, lots of ads. I gotta get YouTube Premium. Should we automatically get YouTube Premium? There we go. Conics intercepting a semi truck that was filled with over seven thousand pounds of illegal marijuana. Oh, this happened Friday. They say the truck came from a warehouse in Oklahoma where grow farms send marijuana for the black market. There, the marijuana is repackaged into boxes, making it look like camera equipment, and then shipped across the country. Semi-trucks would routinely take these boxes and load them up as much as they could fill into a truck, as much as 70 boxes at a time at 100 pounds apiece, and move them out of state to places like New Jersey and New York. 
OBN says the semi driver is in custody and that they served a search warrant at the warehouse. Agents anticipate more arrests to be made. This investigation continues. There you, well, there you have it. We have um, that, that's the reason why we have a shortage of truckers in the nation. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Kim. His fault. You don't know what you don't know. He's hauling. I mean, I, I just still, I'm still just like these guys. I mean, it, it says the weight on the outside of the boxes of how much it weighs. I'm sure they stopped at some truck stop at the weigh station. They're like, yeah, I got all these boxes of camera equipment. They just, yep. Like, oh, how come? How come you're like fifty kilos light of your load? Yeah, they, they have to stop at the weigh stations. So, I mean, if, if if anything's off there, like the cartel knows what they're doing. The cartel knows exactly what they're doing. And a great podcast. I got to give them a shout out. Uh, that, that 50 Cent podcast. I don't even know the name of it. But the, the twins that snitched on El Chapo, they had yeah. it. They, they, they outlined exactly how they can get past that. So this is just bad planning on the truck driver or whoever was involved with that shipment. Like, I don't yeah. want to place it, everything on him because we don't have all that information. But, like, whoever planned this out, like, y'all are going to get caught. <laughs> y'all dumb. Yeah. And we do, uh, we do Box want truck, to, not a semi. Come on, man. Whatever. And we don't need a CDL. We do, we remind people about 420. Yes, it's 420. Make sure you go over to our website, check it out. Make sure you let us know what you're going to be doing on 420. We're going to do a giveaway. We're going to pick one lucky winner to get okay. some. Shit. What are they yeah. going to win, Jason? They're going to win some stuff. We're, we're, we're getting there. We got a bunch of stuff over here. It's tomorrow. <laughs> you want people to go to the website? You got to give incentive to go to the website. <laughs> you have no clue what you're going to win. Okay? Some of the most amazing things that you've ever received in your life. Okay? You got my vote, man. You got my vote. Give me more of that. Exactly. Broad promises. <laughs> we do. We do want to wish a happy belated birthday to our friend uh, Sean Kernan. He He's back like he left something. Yeah, he, it was his birthday yesterday. We want to send a shout out to him and his family. And uh, and and I'll tell you what, Sean. I saw you the day before your birthday, and I'm sure that today you look at least a couple days older. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Big Sean. And hopefully you were able to take some of that birthday stress out yesterday and last night, maybe this morning, too. Yeah, you're going way too far, bro. <laughs> we are at the top of the hour. <laughs> so thank you all out there for tuning in for yet another episode of High Nine News. And thank you, Mandy, for entering the show. We actually got, you know, it's, it's 50-50 estrogen uh, testosterone today, man. It's good to have some women. How are we finding that? Letting me go home, I might be stuck here another day. I don't know. Oh Blink twice if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> you guys can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry cor correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your perspective opinions to the conversation to our production team, cloud media partners, House of Fuego, and the wonderful Ja Ja Simone holding things down back in the house with us. The clubhouse, to be exact, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And to our haters out there, we love you. Keep on hating us, and we're going to keep on loving you again. Somewhere we're going to, sometime we're going to meet in the middle. But until then, 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Jason. I'm not going to do it. And finally, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason why we show up every single day. We love you, and we will give praise to you on your birthday tomorrow. It is Wednesday, though, April 19th, 2023. The show is over. You've been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Adelio Carrillo, what do you have for us? Give us give us a little good news. You got an announcement for the people before we head out today? Oh, gosh. An announcement for the people. Um, have a great 420. Smoke a lot of weed. And hopefully some of you get to take the day off tomorrow. I'll be working, but that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Buy weed for your friends. Oh, Earth Day, too. We have to recognize Earth Day's coming up, y'all. Yes. You got to yeah. do something good for the earth. Yes. I do something good for the earth every day. <laughs> what do you do for it, Jason? What do you do? He graces it with his presence. Exactly. I already know the answer. <laughs> 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 Scorched oh earth. Scorched. Happy-